Shalom Aleichem on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Gitin Nun Hei, Gitin 55b, pagination 110, about midway on the page, Masnisin the new Mishnah. Lohayu Sukrikun Biyuhuda Baharige Mulchomo. The concept of Sukrikun, which was that a non Jew would come and threaten to kill a Jew, and therefore the Jew gave over his land in order to protect himself, but we still view the land on some level belonging to the Jew, even though there was that interaction of force, that halacha of Sukrikon does not apply, did not apply in the past, baharuge milchama, during the killings associated with the war. The war we're referring to is when the Romans sacked Yerushalayim at the end of the second Beis HaMikdash, and as the Gemara explains, they were so forceful in their legislation that if a Jew gave up his land to protect himself, he was indeed giving it over with a whole heart, because it would protect himself. It was his chance to try to protect himself. However, after that difficult period at the time, the second Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, there's this rule of Sukrikon, which is that even though a Jew gives over his land to the non-Jew who threatens him, we still on some level protect the land and its relationship with the owner, and it's not simply given over to the non-Jew who threatened to kill. Ketzad, how does this work? If a person first buys the land from the Sukrikun, from this violent person, and then he buys it from the real owner, that's not considered a good sale, and it's still attributable to the original owner. If you first bought it from the owner, and then you bought it from the Sukrikun, then then it would stand, because if you asked the homeowner first, so then he conceded, and then you went to the Sukrikun, because he's the one controlling the land. It's a payoff, the way in all generations of Golos, we sometimes had to pay off uh, different people, in order to get what's legitimately ours. If, however, you first went to the Sukrikun, then the homeowner, even though he accepted your money and sold it to you, so to speak, he can later argue that he only did it because of the threat and he had to accommodate and make it look like he's dealing with you but really, in his heart, he's waiting for the time to get the property back because this was no longer the intense threat that existed at the time of the Khurban, and therefore he didn't give it over willingly, but rather he was being sly with the abuse that was being perpetrated against him.
Now, we don't typically have a case of Sukrikun the way it's described here. And we're going to see that this ruling is revised such that we do not continue to attributing the land indefinitely to its original owner. But there's one piece that gets extrapolated from this that is brought in halacha. And that is, If there's a property that is designated for a woman's collection of her ksuba, should her husband die before her or divorce her, and you first bought that property from the husband, and then you bought it from the wife, thinking that if I pay off the wife also, she'll release her lien, so to speak, on this property. Mechabotl. The transaction does not gain any force by asking the woman to sell it to you after you went to the man. Because in this case as well, the woman can later argue, I only did it so that my husband should not get angry with me. But you already tried to buy it from him, and once you open that discussion, I can't contradict him. As Rashi explains, because if I would contradict him, the refrain might be, Are you expecting me to die soon? Are you expecting me to divorce you? Why are you commenting about the land that I'm selling? Are you looking to collect your ksuba any day now? And therefore, for Shalom Bayis, Mishum Ketata, to avoid arguments, she's not going to object, and she actually is complicit. She sells the land, but she doesn't really mean it. If you first go to the woman and say, I'd like to buy that piece of land, I'd like to pay you off, and then go to the husband, then it would work. Again, this is similar to the Sukrikun case, even though the Sukrikun case that we discussed is actually going to fall off and not be practical halacha, but this extension of that attitude of ruling will stand and is brought in Shulchan Aruch, Evno Ezer, Simen Tzadi, and Simen Kuf. The Mishnah tells us, Zumishna Rishona, as I mentioned, <coughs> that the Sukrikun case is only the Mishnah Rishona, the first way that they dealt with Sukrikun after the initial onslaught, and that is that after the initial onslaught, even if he sells it to the Sukrikun, even if he later sells it to you, you can't really consider it yours, and the person can later try to extract the property and restore it to himself. But, Bezdin Shalachareyam Amru, a later Bezdin ruled, We're going to allow these transactions from the Sukrikun, but you have to give a quarter of the value of the field, meaning the value of the field has a legitimate value. The value that the Sukrikun sells it to you is typically a quarter less than its legitimate value because he didn't pay for it. It's not his. He didn't buy it. He's willing to discount it. That amount of the discount has to be paid to the legitimate owner and then you can consider it yours. Also, 
Emasai, we only allow this sale if the owner himself is not in a position to buy it back from the Sukrikun. But if the real owner can buy it back, he gets Kedima precedence and no one else should interfere. So what we're introducing in this Mishnah Acharona, this later ruling, is that even though the original ruling was, it continues to be attributable to the original owner. We revised that, and you could buy from the Sukrikun. We're looking that these sales, that the land should be restored to the Jewish community, will allow you to buy it, but you have to give precedence to the original owner if he chooses, and also you have to pay the original owner, even if you do buy it, a quarter of its correctly calculated value, because that's the amount that the Sukrikun discounts it when he sells it to you. Rebbe Yoshev Bezdin Venimnu, Rebbe established the Bezdin to issue the following ruling, which continues from the revised ruling that we just did, if it's sitting by the Sukrikun for 12 months already, then whoever wants can get it, and we do not anymore give precedence to the owner. We can't keep waiting for him. We're looking to have the field restored to the Jewish community. But the original owner is entitled to his quarter. Want to make the quick observation, Rebbe is the editor of the Mishnah. He's talking about Sukrikun. Just to appreciate the historical backdrop, one might have thought that Rebbe lived in this very serene time period. And that's not true. Rebbe's living in very volatile times. He's issuing ruling about Sukrikun which means that some non-Jew is coming, threatening the life of a Jew, and the Jew is giving up his land to save his life, it's pretty volatile. And nevertheless, in that situation, Rebbe was still able, and perhaps because of the adversity, to succeed in creating the Mishnah. We have a similar attitude regarding Rashi and the Baalei Tosvos. Also, one would think from their scholarship that they were sitting on the French Riviera, everything good. And it's not true. They're living in a time that led up to the Crusades and the time of the Crusades. And nevertheless, they created the tremendous level of scholarship that we see in their writings. Yeshikoach, thank you for joining.